0: Hello, how are you? Welcome to the show.
1: We L-E-2-B. had music there. Oh, sorry. did we have music? Le two b. It should have. You should have heard it.
0: I didn't hear it, but I'm sure it was oh. great. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> song want- was it?
1: It was the uh, beginning of Head Like a Hole. Okay. You know that song?
0: Uh, now is that like some '90s Soundgarden thing or Nine like- Inch Nails? Nine Inch Nails, yeah.
1: yeah, you were you were um, a fan.
0: Nine Inch Nails, yeah, I guess. is that Trent Reznor? He was like <clears throat> really weird or something.
1: Yeah, he did that song. You know, I want to fuck you like an animal.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, so you- uh, how, how 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 are you, everybody? Uh, please uh, welcome to the show. Please rate, rate, review, subscribe, uh, join our Patreon, and um, all that stuff. So. Um, How's it going? I I, I saw Holland Oates a couple of nights ago at Jones Beach. Um did did Oates fan? get
1: did Oates get to sing at all?
0: Yeah, Oates sang a lot, actually. I guess he um I mean I feel like I, I'm a bigger fan of theirs than I than I realized. And but you know, I was saying like it took forever to get there and it was at Jones Beach and Squeeze opened, but right when I got to my seat, Squeeze was literally it was like they were like, Good night, everyone, you know, right <laughs> when I sat down. I'm not even kidding. And um, and then it was like an hour in between to wait for them. And then they played for like an hour and I was like, all right, I guess they'll do an encore. And they came out for one encore, but for like 15 minutes. And it was like, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty short, right? An hour and 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was weird. Cause I went to, um, you sort of the Jones beach theater, right? Yeah. And a couple of years ago I went to, uh, they had, um, it was Rob Thomas, you know, from Ma- Matchbox. What was it? Matchbox. 15. Matchbox Twenty. Oh yeah, Matchbox Twenty. All right, whatever. Yeah, Ma- what? Matchbox Three. Matchbox and then there was- Fifteen. Yeah, that, that was the, <laughs> the earlier band. And then they had uh, Counting Crows, which you know, I mean, you know, they, that's what this this place has. They usually have a lot of throwback kind of things. They're kind of fun to watch, but in the. Um, when the counting crows went up, it was a major th- like thunderstorm and it got really bad. So the counting crows only put like two songs and then they just ended the show.
0: Oh yeah. It was, start- it was, there was uh lightning in the distance when, when they were, when Hall notes were playing, but I thought it was going to rain, but it didn't rain.
1: That might've affected things though. Honestly, like why they left. Yeah. Because that seems kind of <laughs> fast because I think there's, they were, took it very seriously because it's this outdoor stadium and stuff like that. I don't even think at that point it was raining; it, it was just lightning.
0: Oh, uh, maybe that is. What, but I mean, because they didn't play a lot of their big songs. They played a few songs that I was like, I've never fucking heard of this. And then they but, did that thing where, like, they played one of like a hit, and then they just kept going like an extended version of the hit song, you know, like a ten minute version. And I was like, all right, well
1: uh well at least they didn't do i hate when they like yeah i know the artists they always get sick of playing their hits you know so sometimes they'll do like a medley of all their big hits and you're like what the fuck and then they'll go into new songs and you're like dude come on we didn't pay for yeah this.
0: they didn't do that they went into really old songs that i had never heard like maybe two and then everything else was like i They they didn't do the medley i was glad they when they played their hits they played the whole song. Um, but they definitely, I mean, there were like four or five songs that they just didn't play um, that are did, known did they do?
1: Did they do I Can't Go For That? Because that's like, I think that's the yeah, best song.
0: They did that. I, they played uh, She's Gone, which I think that's their best song. She's yeah. Gone. And they played it pretty early. They played it like third or fourth. Um, and, then you know, they played uh, Maneater. Um, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, you know, because they do a cover of that. Yeah. Uh, I Can't Go For That. You know, they have a lot of... Um, rich girl that was like their encore. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have a lot of songs.
1: And They were so big in in the eighties, and then they had some hits in the seventies. But they were just they were like the they were like probably right under Michael Jackson in the mid eighties, and then they kind of just fell off a cliff. They just couldn't really yeah the nineties
0: they just could not like were they
1: even around in the nineties. Well, I, rem- I think I remember that for a while, because it seemed like Hall was singing all the songs. So then he H- Hall did a, a solo album. <clears throat> and for some reason, I guess it just didn't do that well. Like he, I guess he needed Oates, even though Oates doesn't seem to do anything. And then after yeah. he did that solo album, they tried to come back, and it was never the same.
0: Yeah. I mean, Oates was singing. Um but i guess it is mainly hall but um well that's
1: you know that that improv group uh whatever garfunkel and oats
0: yeah yeah
1: that's like a kind of a play on like oh. you know oats and garfunkel or from simon and garfunkel they're like the the lesser of the the, the way lesser of the duets even though garfunkel that's funny a... I,
0: yeah i never understood that name until right now garfunkel yeah. and oats that's fun. that's actually really funny
1: it is funny because it's like you're taking the the second bananas <laughs> yeah. you know but yeah, at least that's... with Garfunkel, he's he was a great singer, you know. But Paul Simon really wrote all the songs and stuff. But Oates, it never seemed like he did too much. He just kind of. It seemed him.
0: like in the concert he was doing a lot. I think he was singing. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it d- definitely seemed back in the day that Hall was the uh, the main guy, and Oates always just was kind of like weird looking, right? Wasn't he kind of the weirder
1: looking one? Yeah, he looked like Gary Galabate, They always used to say. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And he looked kind of like creepy. And so I think that didn't help. And uh
1: the funny thing was that Hall right now, he, he had some show. I don't know if it's still on this YouTube show that kind of was very popular where he would invite people over to his house and interview them.
0: Yeah. Live from Daryl's house.
1: Yeah. And he's like kind of a little crotchety now, which I think people like like he. You know when these guys get older like this is the way music should be that kind of crap
0: yeah that i mean they they were playing clips of that before they came on like the, i mean that was i think that kind of got them or him well them b- back in the uh public consciousness again because uh, yeah. i think that show was popular i mean it was a really good idea because they would just play in his house with like huge you know uh musicians that were kind of right. big you know and um yeah, I mean, it, it was, it just it didn't play very long. I was like, oh, all right. That's, I mean, if you, you should play for at least an hour, 30 hour, 45 minutes. I and mean, maybe it was because of the light, because I did see lightning in the, in the distance, like a lot yeah, it never rain, but.
1: Yeah, it's near the water. I think there's some, they probably just said, hey, you got to get this over by whatever o'clock. Yeah,
0: know? that probably, I you know, and honestly, this is like almost like an indication of how, how old I am. I was kind of glad that it ended because I was <laughs> like, I just wanted to get home because it was like, you know, it was like, I think they were done by like ten thirty, and and um, I was like, all right, let's just get out of here. And, you know, I had another like an hour and a half trip home. So it was kind of like, like it was good, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so glad I, I, I did that. Um, I mean, I, I am, I haven't been to a concert in a long time.
1: Yeah. It's nice to do, you know, it's worth well, getting... then,
0: but then I remember, and then I go to concerts and I'm like, I'm just not a concert guy. I mean, like I like them, but like, they're annoying when you get going there's annoying and then there's so many people and you have to like walk really far and um yeah it's just kind of like um that's why like when you're we talking about like Woodstock 99 and those those music festivals or whatever, yeah. I'm like they just look like a nightmare
1: yeah I mean you I I remember people friends going hey you want to go to that and I'm like I don't want to walk around walk in my shit and piss for a weekend
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's supposed to be, like, a young thing, but I never even young was, like, like wanted to do that. Yeah, there never (laughs) was an age where I wanted to walk around and piss and shit. There was never, like... Because, yeah, Woodstock 99, we talked about, like, I think I was, like, 26 when that happened. I was just, like, no, literally no interest in that at all. Woodstock 94, same thing, which I was probably, like, 21.
1: You said you went to that one.
0: Woodstock 94? Yeah. No, no, what you mean in my...
1: um. Oh, I thought you went to that one.
0: No, but why? Because I texted you that.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, I was saying you had a joke back. Oh, then. right. Like I think I remember that about you wow, were it like
0: it was right after Woodstock '99. You were like, you were like, I was there in '94. That meant something.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, that Christ. was
0: really funny because it was like meaningless '94 or '99. Um. But uh, so yes, yeah, so no. Basically, that was basically it. So there was another thing I want to talk about. So, um, uh, comedian Trevor Moore died uh, from the whitest kids you know. Um, did you, you did you you know you know the what like the whitest kids you know right? You've heard of that?
1: Well, I I knew especially that one sketch that I think blew up the jerking off thing. Yeah,
0: the slow jerk.
1: Yeah, that was really funny.
0: Yeah, their 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 show was really funny. I guess it started on. um IFC and then it moved to fuse. So um, he was 41 years old and I saw it on my, on my birthday. Someone, it was like one of those things I was on Instagram and I saw just someone I knew put a Sam Brown, who, who I, who's one of the whitest kids, like just had a picture of him with like, no, with nothing under it. And then there, I saw someone's comment, like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, what is He's... this? This is not good. And then, and they, um,
1: and they don't when, say what it is.
0: Well, I mean, then I looked and I saw that I think I Googled it. So, um, yeah, that was like really shocking because I, I knew, you know, I knew them when they were because they, they had a show at Pianos years ago. Yeah. And um, I used to do it all the time. And uh,
1: yeah, and he was 41. I mean, it's weird now because when I first saw the story, when someone dies now at like 41, your first instinct is COVID, you know? And oh, before yeah. COVID, your first instinct was heroin. You know, when someone kind of dies young, who right, if they're right. not right, if they're not like, you know, if someone's like really obese or something like that, and they die, like when that guy Ralphie May died, no one, no one was like, oh, that's shocking.
0: How old was he when he wasn't he like about like well, he was like four in his late forties maybe.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he was like chronically obese. So yeah, he like, was
0: yeah no he wasn't that wasn't yeah. like a shock. Um, no, this one was pretty shocking because um. Well, you know, because I I knew him like back in like, back in those days. Like, I don't think I've seen him or talked to him in like five or six years. But um, what during that that whole like alternative era and stuff when they were in New York, I yeah, I moved to you know L.A. in like 2011. And I was there and he, and I hung out with him because he was, I think he had just moved there maybe like a year or two, like a year earlier. Um, but yeah, it just kind of like drove home like wow, like. How long that time period has been like a while ago? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was like weird because I just was like, wow, I feel like I. And then I thought about how long it had been since I'd seen him, and I was like, oh fuck, it's been that long. It's just weird. But, like I don't know. Yeah, but they usually,
1: liked you though. That's a, you know.
0: Yeah, they were really, they're really, they were really funny, and they were, they were, uh, they were, they were all like super nice. Um, so I so I opened for them once at like 92nd Street Y in Tribeca, and um, what else did I do with with that? I did a, like, me and Sam Brown, He he's one of the, um, we did a video years ago, it was the uh, Eric Stoltz Back to the Future video, it's it's online, it's kind of, oh, did you right. ever see that?
1: Yeah, I did, with the deleted scenes, right?
0: Yeah, because Eric Stoltz was, like, originally in Back to the Future, and then they, he got fired, and the, the, the lost footage was never released, so this was, like, the lost footage, and it's me playing Eric Stoltz. Uh, that's funny. And Sam shot it, and he's like the director. And I just keep, you know, screaming at everyone. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very, very juvenile. It's kind of embarrassing at this point. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: why wow, juveniles? That's you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I, and our, we're we're gonna have a guest I did it late. like
0: thirty-five.
1: We're, what? <laughs> no, we're gonna have a guest actually later in the show, um, and we we kind of get into that a little bit because I'm talking. I, we talk about poop jokes. and I feel like they're making a comeback, but I may be wrong.
0: Really? Were they, did they go away?
1: No, because I, I do even do, do a joke about it on stage about how, like, you, there's so many things you can't say anymore, but, like, no one ever gets offended by a poop joke. Like, you know, they might, some girls in the audience might go, ew, but no one is ever, like, like, you know, maybe some people are like, oh, that's juvenile, but you can't get in trouble for doing a shit joke.
0: Yeah, you can't get, like, canceled by it, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, um, some people are good at making creative shit jokes. Now, those are only my favorite. My favorite jokes are the creative dumb jokes. Like, where you, Yeah, where yeah. You, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. Um, I And I do have a lot of like juvenile jokes, but I think that they're kind of. Yeah, if you're going to do that, they have to be creative. You can't right. just go up there and be like. Yeah. Um, but there's like an art to that, to being like creative and also juvenile and actually the whitest kids you know were kind of like that that was kind of their brand of humor was it was sort of juvenile but it was very like creative yeah i uh, i I honestly think that's
1: yeah i think that's the best type of humor like um like i do too and that's
0: what a lot of people like that yeah
1: yeah i mean i think conan conan that was his whole show like smart stupid humor
0: yeah, like Louis C.K. was kind of like—I mean, a lot of the best yeah. comedians. Yeah, that's what they're. Uh, you know, Will Ferrell. I feel like that was his brand for a while. Was the whole like, it was kind of juvenile humor. You know, like Step Brothers, which is such a really funny movie. The whole point is that they're just total like, you know, like juvenile. Yeah, acting—they're just kids and they're idiots. But they're take—they're acting really serious. they they are they are like full grown adults acting like kids.
1: Yeah. Someone told me this joke. I don't know if you ever saw it. I don't know if it's a newer joke where Louis C.K. was doing this joke about jerking off a rat.
2: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? No, I don't know that's wow that's I maybe I have heard that
1: and I think it's a new, one of his newer ones, but the person was explaining to me, and I'm like it's so juvenile, but it's so creative and funny at the same time, you know, and he's like acting out like jerking off a rat,
0: <laughs> she, yeah, he's <laughs> like, kind of the king of that kind of like um juvenile humor, yeah. but like smart
1: plus he's king and jerking off humor, I think he's good at that too,
0: yeah, well, I'm trying to think of another thing that's kind of like a famous yeah i don't know he has a lot of but so that's a thing too so he's like making a comeback now and everyone's mad because he's like touring around
1: yeah i mean come on over i mean like well, i saw that he was playing madison square garden so i was like oh i mean he's back but then i saw it was the, the the theater at madison square garden
0: like the smaller one is that what it is
1: yeah it used to be the paramount or something like that and it's called the hulu theater still seats 5000 that's nothing to sneeze at that's yeah that's fucking... pretty
0: that's still pretty good for someone who is is completely is supposed to be canceled
1: right but you know back in the day he i mean he was like one of the few comics that played fucking Madison Square Garden sold it out i mean you're talking 20,000 for a comedy show that's i mean like yeah. 5000 is very impressive too i mean it's, i know,
0: know if that's like his big fall from grace is like from 20,000 to 5000 i mean that's pretty fucking good um yeah. And also, uh, I mean, you know, the whole thing, people are kind of like, I can't believe, you know, he's able to do that. But I don't know. It really comes down to, like, if he's if he's able to do it, then what can you do about it? You know what I mean? Like, if people are going to go see him, what, what are you can't stop that? You know?
1: No. And he's like, let's just say his sentence, if he was sentenced for this crime. I mean, I don't know how much time would he get in prison, maybe a year or two. No, I don't even think. Yeah, maybe
0: two time. years.
1: Maybe. So then he's out. I mean, you know, felons and people, people are allowed to rehabilitate themselves. They're allowed to go, you know, it's like, you know, a felons, when you have a felon, felony on your record, you can't get a job. You're like your life is over. And, you know, that's not really fair. You have a chance to improve yourself. You know, as long yeah. as you didn't, you didn't murder. And, you know, he did do sexual things, but he didn't rape you know? Well,
0: the other thing is, like, if you don't want to go, if you if you don't want to go see him, then don't go see him. But you right. can't, like, if other people do, that's kind of their, pro- you know, they can do what they want. I don't know. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's like if the next felon gets hired at a job, yeah, and you're like, well, I don't like that he works there. Then it's like, well, then you then don't work there with with him Just
1: yeah, like even those like alt right comics, you know, they have a good fan base and stuff and. And I'm like, fine. You know, I just get annoyed when they're like, oh, we want to be part of the mainstream. I'm like, you're not you can have your fan base, but you're not gonna be part of the mainstream. Not it's not that my my choice right. to make. It's just to, you know.
0: Well, also, what is even the mainstream anymore? It's just like there's so many different like offshoots and sects. It's like yeah.
1: it's all there's niche no anyway. like
0: what is mainstream? Like, I don't know, like what can you name a mainstream? There, no. There's there's so many different ways to watch things that no one's watching the exact same. You know what I mean? Remember, that's the whole change is like it used to be there were three things to watch, and so everyone was watching them. Now it's like there's eight hundred things to watch every week. So like no one's like, oh, this is a really you know, some some things will be big. Like I guess the Marvel movies, but um
1: Yeah, but mostly everything else, you know. You know, I read, I was reading, you know what the highest Uh, rated tv show was in the last year in the 18 to 49 group which i guess is what the only thing they care about friends no new show new show show that's still on network Show that's still
0: on on network tv
1: yeah not including football or anything like that
0: the news (laughs) i don't know what no
1: saturday night live do you believe that and the reason why is because people don't watch TV anymore, but they still kind of watch that show because some people want to see it when it f- comes on live.
0: Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because yeah. that's one of the only like kind of um, live, well, live, but like actually happening events. Yeah, that everyone will, that's universal.
1: Yeah. So I, that's why I think award shows are still popular because you, you have to watch them live. You can't watch an award show the next day. I mean, you could, but you know, like, you're, yeah, you're waiting be to see so the,
0: pointless. Yeah um wow that's yeah i mean you know as much as it goes i think the fact that it goes up and down is kind of has is why it's lasted oddly like the fact that it does get so bad sometimes right because then you're like it makes it oddly kind of relevant instead of something it's kind of a good um indication of that thing of like when you're shooting for like the middle or something and you're just, if you're always just kind of mediocre, then it's like, who gives a shit? But if it's something is can be really good and then become really, really bad, it's just kind of like you're watching it struggle as it's happening. You know what I mean? Which is kind of an interest, which makes it more. um, Yeah. And I
1: think Saturday live is probably, they they probably make more money than they ever did because of the internet and stuff like that. Streaming services. They probably, they, you see Saturday night live. It's on like five different streaming services. It's all over the internet. They make probably more money than they do from the actual TV show being, on. you know, so,
0: and I've watched like the old ones every now and then on the, you know, it still has, yeah, there's, you know, it's still, um, interesting to people. and still intriguing. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes it's... it's. I mean, I, it kind of got bad, right? Didn't it get bad, like, the last, like, year or two? I guess with the I pandemic, mean, it kind of struggled.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think it's always... there's To me, there's always been better casts and worse casts, but it's always been kind of... If you watch... Cause I've been watching some old ones from, like, the heyday from the early 90s and stuff, and uh, you know The cast was insane, like Sandler and Chris Rock and Dana Carvey, and they're all great, but... I'm watching the sketches and there's a lot of clunkers there too. Yeah. But no, you, know? so um, you, well, you, you, you know, you, you mythologize, mythologize, mythologize,
0: mythologize, Mytho- myth- mythologize. yeah. Mythologize.
1: Yeah. Uh, the time. And you only remember the great sketches. So basically you're like, you, you think, Oh, in the early nineties, every sketch was like Chris Farley doing the motivational speaker or whatever, whatever. But when, mike myers but you know there was a lot of bad sketches i'm watching you know
0: that that 93 to 94 actually 94 to 95 that season was like um was like notoriously awful that's the one you know i did an interview with Jeannie garofalo and we i actually just posted it on here like i don't know Mm -hmm. three weeks ago and she talks about when she was there because she was there from 94 to 95 it was right after reality bites and she kind of became like this kind of cultural icon and um it was like in the press a lot that season, how bad the show was. And she really like didn't, there was a lot of press about her not liking the show.
1: Well, it was a big article in the New York York Magazine that shit on the show and and she was providing a lot of the information so the, all the cast i think got mad at her and stuff like that
0: well she was kind of like you know just kind of very vocal and honest about her opinion about the show and which i understand because i mean she was new to the show and it was like adam sandler and all these guys had been there for years and then it's just like you're just showing up and saying that the show sucks it's kind of like i'd be yeah. mad about it. So I think there was a lot of like inner turmoil, um, right?
1: And I think the show was at that point was very male driven and bro humor. So I think you know the women didn't get as much as they do now. But you know, as bad as that season was, there were some of the best sketches ever were in that season that people always forget, like Chris yeah, Farley, y- Chris Farley, and the, the Japanese game show. That's that's that season. That's one of the I don't. Skip.
0: Yeah, I remember that skip. But if I do remember watching that at the time, like and um. It was, it really was bad for a while. I don't know what, it's like weird how like there's like a bad mojo or something. I guess the writers just become bad or, but that was what? the last season. That was when Sandler and Farley left because it was after that season and Spade stayed yeah. one more season, but it was the next season that they, they, they kind of like revamped it all like Will yeah. Farrell and all those guys came in the next season.
1: But that's when Norm was doing the news, which was always funny. But,
0: oh, right. That's right. That was like the main, that's probably was the best part of it. He was always doing the O, and it was during the OJ trial. He was like, right. But, you,
1: but I watched some of those. It's so funny too. How like he was fucking bombs. Like he bombs on that. Like his jokes are so dark. He's doing the whole fucking weekend up that he's getting like two laughs sometimes. It's yeah, still he funny. He
0: a lot. Yeah.
1: Even though it jokes- is
0: really funny. You can tell it like they, the, the, uh, he was new and like people didn't know how to, Take him yet? You know what I mean. He was one of those guys. Like, even when I was watching, I was like, "What? What is this guy doing?" Like, I didn't. I he he like he's kind of like a slow burn. That guy, you know. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't like him for a while, and now I think he's like the greatest.
1: Oh, I liked him. I thought he was, but I under. I just remember that some of the jokes were, I couldn't even believe that he was saying these things you yeah. know they were so dark some of these I jokes. guess that's
0: what um, it was cuz he and you can tell he almost kind of liked bo- he he almost li- not liked bombing but he like um I, what is it about him like he kind of like um
1: well I told you once I saw him at Carolines and he tanked his set on purpose there's no doubt in my mind he did cuz really he doesn't it. like
0: it's like he doesn't like pander you can tell he doesn't he almost doesn't like it when people like him you know what i mean like he yeah. almost <laughs> Right? Like, it's almost like it annoys him. Like, because there's part of him that's very like Letterman that, like, if he bobs, it's kind of like, yeah, you just don't get it. Yeah. So. That's, there's
1: something to be said for that. That's why I think he's considered, Norm McDonald's considered a comics comic, because comics always really respect the, the, the guys who just don't care, you know, who are funny to at least, you know, but just we will not play yeah. to the
0: audience, you know? Yeah, they're not playing to the audience, which is such an odd. But I I think over the years I've definitely become more like that. Like, yeah, you have not purposely, but but I just am like, I I, because I remember like catching myself being like, because I would say this to the crowd, I was like, because you know, I always had a thing, you know, for years. Like I remember people be like, you know, it's never the crowd's fault. Like you can't blame it on the crowd, and then I'm like, no, it is. It's usually their fault.
1: Yeah, it is so much so, <laughs> and I mean, I
0: think that that's. I mean, there are times. Yeah, you can be off. I mean, there's definitely times that I'm like not doing as well as maybe. Maybe I'm a little off, but for the most part, like it's the crowd. Like, they're yeah, usually... or
1: or you know how the setup of the room is, your position on the show. You know, there's like a lot of fucking things. That yeah,
0: and you know, people act like it's like the crowd has no like role in it but no they really they they have to be like in on it in on the
1: joke too you know what i mean i mean i run into a lot of new comics and like i i sometimes i'll explain to them about the check spot i'm like oh you're gonna do the check spot and they're like what does that what do you mean by check spot i'm like i'm like well it's gonna be harder and they're like why is it gonna be harder because everyone's going to get their check from the waiter And they're like, why would that be harder? I'm good. I'm like, "Uh, you'll you'll, you'll find out in a minute. (laughs) You know, when everyone's uh, not looking at you and they're looking how much this thing costs. uh, Right.
0: When they're in real time, just, yeah, like discovering how much you have to pay for what you're doing right in front of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you're a new comic. So they're like, I'm paying for this.
0: Right. You just kind of like you become that much less funny. Like, this is what I'm paying one hundred and fifty dollars for this guy <laughs> who just made a fart sound. Um, yeah, that's yeah. like a really that that's people, like on like duo. It's just there's no way to win that spot.
1: No. And not only that, but po- comics don't understand is there's a check spot. But, the, you know, in the, if the room, the comedy room is crowded, the check spot goes on for a while the main check drop where they first drop the bills that's like the check considered the check spot but for the next 20 minutes they're signing the checks they you know uh, they're look, pulling out their credit cards they're they're giving the credit card they're back arguing. to the waiter yeah or they're looking so the next 15 to 20 minutes is still bumpy because you do not have the audiences on divided attention
0: yeah i've gone on after uh, the check spot and there's still a lot of them are still like figuring out what's going on what there was a place there was a club that like was like we don't do check spots that's another thing why don't they just they, they should figure that out like why don't they just not do that like you know what i mean why don't they just not they should give it at the way end or something
1: yeah um someone i, it's, I think the stand might have been doing that for a while but i'm not sure if they're doing that now i don't know what they do at the seller. but i think it's also because it's for speed's sake you know you, you want to pack in as many shows as you can at night and yeah. if you do the, do the checks after, um, then you, you're losing the 15 or 20 minutes that you could have be using for another show. Then the waiters, the staff, everyone has to leave later. So no one really wants that. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. No, I, I get but, it. It's just um.
1: But, but so, someone told me um, a good idea what they should do is just fucking uh, who the comic was. They should just give you should just give your credit card number at the beginning. And uh, there, there is no check spot. They just do the bill for you. You know, There's I guess got to be can some
0: go- way to, especially now, to streamline it. I just feel like with technology, it's like, why is that the only thing that's still slow and the same? The-
1: yeah, I think you could do it with like paying. iPads and stuff. Like they put in their credit card number, right, and then they'll send you an email after the show. This is what you're paying. Um, are you fine with this? Yeah, yeah. You know? But maybe too many people won- wouldn't be. They'd just complain.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure of that. Um. So, should we say who the the guest you uh, interviewed is? Because right um, yeah. it's coming up.
1: Yeah, he's a very special guest. Um, we'll make it. We've we'll him make on it a before. Special... Yeah, he's a he's a second timer on the show. Um, but you have anything else you want to talk about?
0: No, just I wanted to talk more about um, how annoying check spots are. <laughs> Um, I did a check spot the other day. It was really bad. They uh, they actually when I was on stage they handed me a check <laughs> to pay. Not even a check for me to get paid. I had to I owed money. Apparently, I was like, "This is a really bad check, but I have to pay." <laughs> but yeah, it's a rough. So that that was basically the point. Yeah, it's like, um... and then when you look back on those Norm McDonald. Weekend updates when he's bombing. He's so funny. I mean, it's their fault. They're just they're, they're just not getting it. I mean, they really are just not getting it.
1: Right. Well, he's doing jokes about anal rape. I mean, and this is like <laughs> on network TV in nineteen ninety-five, people are, I can't even imagine what people thought. But
0: still, the thing is, even when he was bombing, he in the Zeitgeist, in the um like the uh perception, he was always talked about as being the only good part of the show. Like right. people would comment that he was that that part of the show was still was good and because the rest of it around it was so bad even so even when he was bombing you know in you know in real time um people were still kind of like oh he's great he's great um so he, he did it for oh yeah then he got fired that's right he got fired yeah and i was actually and then that whole thing is great you know like and i was telling my friend about the other day when he came back that monologue he does
1: yeah where he says the show sucks
0: so have you heard that rumor that he basically he wasn't supposed to do that in the monologue and oh really that's like the rumor is that he just kind of he just said that in the monologue because you can hear like people booing and it's like the writers apparently
1: oh that's so funny
0: but that is such a great monologue because it's true because it had been like a year and a half. And he's like, what does he say? He's like, how did I go from being not funny enough to even be allowed in the building being so funny that I'm hosting? And then what does he say? Like, "And I realized I haven't gotten funnier. The problem is the show really <laughs> blows.
1: <Yeah. laughs> and he goes, ah, "And he goes, hey, you'll see in a few minutes.
0: Yeah, he goes, so <laughs> I'm funny. I mean, you know, in uh, regards to well, you'll see you later or something. In <laughs> you'll see you later.
1: Yeah, that was so funny.
0: Yeah, so I think like like that right there is just kind of his. Uh, like yeah, you t- you want to talk about like not play, playing to the audience? I mean, to make that up, and you know the fuck, you're basically at the beginning of the show like sandbagging the show. I mean,
1: I saw an old episode with Eddie Murphy where he, when we hosted when he came back to host years ago, and he shit on the show too. He goes, yeah. You, The show's good. Well, I'll be honest. Not it's not all good. There's a lot of lot of it sucks. Yeah,
0: he says like, yeah. I I remember that when he did that. I remember he's like, you know, he's like, I mean, you're gonna watch some skits. You're like, that wasn't funny. Yeah. But yeah, that's funny because like it's like real. I mean, you know, that's that's true. That show was exactly like that. Like, and I mean, it's like sometimes it was bad, sometimes it was good. So.
1: I mean, yeah, to me, are- the, an awesome Saturday Night Live episode is where 60% of it is funny. That's that, – Yeah, that's mo- like killer. Yeah.
0: That's like the one of the best shows of, of all time. There's right. definitely always going to be like three skits that are like – and they were, they were always at the end where it was just like this is shit. It was always like a big deal if one of the later sketches – Actually, was good. I remember the first Hans and Franz skit they did was a late sketch, and that was the oh, really? time where I was like, "Oh, what is this? Is kind of funny, but it was like way stacked in the back."
1: Yeah, it's usually the stuff that's weird. They, I think they call them five to one sketches on the show. It's usually weird, so they scared to put it on early. Yeah, but sometimes it's just so funny. It's just it's not it's not as weird as they thought thought it was going to be. You know?
0: Yeah, every now and then that, that happens. That um, yeah, that one will kind of get through that's good um one of the ones i really remember it was a late one was andy sandberg did a skit um mark Wahlberg talks to animals yeah and it was so weird but it was like really funny because it was so weird yeah (laughs) um but yeah
1: well your mom i said hi that one uh say
0: hi to your mother for me
1: yeah, it was just
0: of, such a weird... It was such an Andy Samberg, like, Lonely Island idea, because it's just, like... You're watching it, like, what the hell is he... What is this? Um, It's like...
1: He's like, hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. You guys know me. Let's talk to some animals. <laughs> like, and Wahlberg, I know, hated the sketch, because it kind of made him look stupid. Which so then it great. got
0: attention, because, yeah, Wahlberg, in an interview, got really mad and was like, I'm going to beat the shit out of Andy Samberg. And then they had Wahlberg on the next...
1: Yeah, despite attention. Was,
0: yeah, yeah, so... All right, so
1: uh All right, so we're uh, going to bring we're going to bring on the guest in just a minute. And uh you know, Do we say breaks. who it was?
0: Brian Scalaro.
1: Yeah, Brian Scalaro. So you're going to love this uh And gonna, he's
0: been in a lot of stuff, right? he was on um
1: Yeah, he was on several network sitcoms, um Comedy he was, Central.
0: He was on um, one with uh he was on Stacked with Pam Anderson. Pam
1: Anderson, yeah. And uh Christopher Lloyd was on that show too.
0: He's done a lot of TV and movie stuff, yeah. right? Like a lot.
1: He was on an episode of Mad Men.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember meeting him like a long time ago. And um yeah. he, was re- he, he was really nice, I remember, even though he was kind of like I was pretty new and he was pretty big.
1: Yeah, he was a, a nice dude. All right, we're gonna bring him up, and uh uh that's it Enjoy. for now. But okay. we're gonna we're gonna bring him up. All right, here we are with our we have a very special guest today on the show. Hi. Uh, Returning champion Brian Scalero. I I, was gonna do the intro first, but it's too late now. So um, he's a hilarious comic. Been on million TV shows. Hilarious comic. Comedy Central. All that other good stuff. So
2: don't just shit. And if anybody cared, is he on? Is he popular on Instagram? That's all that matters (laughs) now. Does he show his tits on Instagram and and dance? Does he do a dance that that somebody else did? That somebody else did? That somebody else did? That somebody else did? And we don't care.
1: Yeah, you don't lip sync. You should get into the lip syncing thing.
2: It's funny that what's popular now is just recreating somebody else's work. You know what I mean? And giving that person no credit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's and amazing. To and people seem fine with that too. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's-
2: yeah, it's like, I'm no part of this business anymore. But what else am I going to do? I have nothing. I have a big twenty-five year gap on my resume. You know what I mean?"
1: You got that IMDb, your IMDb profiles, you know, that's long. Yeah,
2: I got my, it proves that I'm alive, but I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> it's like, this person got, it's like, I just saw a girl sell out a club uh, that she's done nothing except for Instagram posts.
1: God.
2: I'm like, wow, she's so so she's, I can't get that club to write me back, but she sold out four shows because she did Instagram posts. She's like, okay, I remember when you used to have to fucking ha- hone your craft, <laughs>
1: But doesn't it feel better that you're you know that you're a better comedian than she is? Doesn't it make uh, you feel better?
2: No. No. <laughs> no. I, would like to, I would like to work I'd like to work too. I also I'm fine with there's plenty for everybody. But there isn't.
1: Right. Right now there's not, definitely not. Yeah. So
2: like if I could also get a weekend there, then yeah, I'd be happy for her. Which yeah. she, <laughs> she's already good looking. Come on. I'm born like that. You're born like this. Can I have the family <laughs> job, please? <laughs> I always remember John Stewart in that to Elizabeth Hurley on The Daily Show when she did that comedy with Matthew Perry. John Stewart was like, you already look like that. Can't we have this? And I thought that yeah, was her. She did a comedy movie. He's like, can't we be funny?
1: Yeah, why are all the comedians hot now, too? I mean, that used to be, right? That used to be... Yeah,
2: it was back in our day, it was Dennis Wolfberg. <laughs> you know? Dennis Wolfberg had that great joke. He would always, 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 always spell like this. You know Dennis Wolfberg?
1: Yeah, yeah I know that.
2: Yeah. He's like, you know, he like, women say you have to have ant... I don't have it. Apparently I have the antidote for it. <laughs> I used to love that I used to love that joke, the antidote for it.
1: Yeah, I think even CK has talked about that too, about like that comedy is not is not supposed to be for the gorgeous, you know?
2: Yeah, but good for him. He got the jerk off to all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me ask you a, a question. I mean, I want to just start this off because you are a New Yorker and you are a real New Yorker.
2: I've been here for I've been in L.A. for 20, for 20 years. I know. 20, I feel like years. that's
1: unfortunate, like, because I think you should come back to New York. But I know you I would like to.
2: to. I just don't have the money at the moment.
1: Right. But I, I always have a thing because I grew up in New York, too. Like, I feel like I hate it when people come move to New York and they just blow up immediately. And the real New Yorkers sometimes get passed by. I feel like it's our city. We should get first dibs on everything. But I see it all the time. Uh, I no, like I just
2: yeah, I saw that announcement of the the New York is coming back show and it's all celebrities. I'm like, there's three on here from New York.
1: <laughs>
2: you, know? <laughs> know. you know what I mean? And Colin Quinn's really from Philly, I think, right? Or Boston or something. Is he really? I, I don't remember, was- but Colin Quinn, they had Colin Quinn, they had like two other guys and everyone else is like Tom Segura and I'm like, well, don't, these aren't I don't even see them in New York, you know?
1: Yeah, and you, I don't care how long you've been out there. You'll always be a New Yorker, just because also the way you sound yeah. and your attitude, too, you know?
2: Yeah, I, that's when I had lunch today with a television producer who I haven't worked for since 2003. And uh, a lot of bad shit's happened to me since I worked for him. And as I brought that up to him, all the people, he goes, ah, she's crazy. Oh, I know him. He's nuts. Like, it just <laughs> was so refreshing to talk to a New Yorker. Because usually I got to explain this is what happened. He goes, "Nah, no, nah, she's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Like a New Yorker, came to be like, no, she's a bullshit artist, he's an asshole. You know what I mean? It was just perfect. I loved it. New Yorkers yeah. are the best. The New Yorkers are the best. The
1: no, best. and I think that was like when I first met you years ago. Like that was the most refreshing thing when I first met you because I always talk to comics, and you go, "How's it going?" And they always just like lie and you know everything's great. You know, yeah. and you know they're
2: filled, they're sold out.
1: Yeah, and then you would just immediately, I like, I'm of think maybe the first time I met you, you're like just laundry list of complaints. Yeah. And I actually, but I'm like, yeah, but he's being honest. You know what yeah. I mean? He's saying well, don't like else. That yet.
2: Yeah. yeah. They don't like that. They like, they like when you're happy. Like Nick Kroll, I was on the Kroll show and the first episode I'm playing a plumber. The second episode I'm playing the same plumber, but my character trait is that I'm telling you, telling everybody my negative things. Right. And so I knew what he was doing. I spoke to him once recently and I, I was saying bad things. So he thought it was funny. But it's like it's it's not a it's normal when, like when people I have this joke in my act where when New Yorker says how you doing you answer and anywhere else they say how you doing you're supposed to say I'm good yeah yeah <laughs> they, they don't want to hear it makes them uncomfortable and know how you are doing but I like telling people how I'm doing like how you doing Brian I feel like I gotta take a shit and nothing's coming out I sit there and no shit comes out I can't find one of my balls every time the dog sits on my lap I get hard is that weird like, I, I fucking love that joke. <laughs> it reminds me of Carlin you
1: know well, what do you think I want to bring this up because I've referenced it in my act a little bit but like people sometimes look down on poop jokes but I, I have I have a contention now that everyone is so uh, woke and stuff like that that poop jokes at minimum maybe they got people to groan audiences but they don't offend anyone and I, I almost feel like I feel like poop jokes might be coming back but I don't know and I feel there like is a,
2: there is a Reddit post about me some guy saw me 10 years ago at the improv in California, he's like, he was talking about shitting. I can't identify with it. I've been taking care of my body. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that you can't identify with shitting. (laughs) It's amazing that you don't shit. It's amazing. But really, it's like, what's the, you know, Carlin had fart jokes, Richard Fry had fart jokes, Bill Cosby had fart jokes, God rest his soul. But they had all these, it's like, so who, who am I to be above it? No, and I'm no. tired. Comics want to change the world, and I get that, but not every comic should be doing the same thing. Exactly. You know, Steve, Steve Martin didn't do any uh, fucking Vietnam jokes and every comic in the world was doing Vietnam jokes. There's plenty. There's a Dennis Miller comic. There's an Eddie Griffin comic. There's thousands of ways to go. So who the fuck are you to tell me I have to do this now, like everybody yeah. else?
1: But, but I always tell do- shit joke. <laughs> but you do it in a smart way. I always my favorite humor is kind of like the Simpsons humor, where it's like smart dumb jokes. And yeah. Simpsons are really good at that. Things yeah. like Homer says they're stupid on its face, but they're actually really kind of clever and funny. It
2: and I, I would sure, feel- just make sure the next joke is not also about shitting.
1: That's it. <laughs>
2: Separate them. Separate the shit jokes. That's my best advice.
1: You like being? I, a New-
2: care. What's
1: that? <laughs> Do you like being a New Yorker in LA? Uh,
2: when I was working, I did. When I was younger and cuter, there was no very few of me out here. There was. Like twenty heavyset Italian New Yorkers in uh, L.A., and we all get called in for the same parts. So I know. All, I'm like, hey Tony, hey Jeff, you know, we all know each other. Yeah. My my whole thing is it would be a fun movie if there was a fat actor movie where the fat actor is trying to kill the other fat actors in L.A. So He, <laughs> he becomes the top fat actor, so he's outside of an Arby's, you know, like <laughs> just <really laughs> trying to shoot them in the drafter. He's like scaring them to have a heart attack. And like, just trying to kill the other fat actors. He's the top fat actor. But yeah. at the time, like I got laid much more in L.A. than in New York because in New York I'm a diamond dozen. In L.A. there's just ten of me.
1: Yeah, the i I'm order. Just too fat now. I'm too <laughs> fat. What do you? You're not even that fat. You're not. That's
2: what I thought. But the girls tell me. The girls will tell me right to my face. Now I have to lose about. I have to lose about forty pounds to be acceptable again.
1: Really? I because no, i don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I think
2: well, I, I, I wish that you would fuck me, but I don't think <laughs> you would. Either. Yeah.
1: You know, for a New Yorker, you you probably look normal, like like skinny. I
2: Maybe. think I need to lose about I need to lose about forty or fifty to be uh, back again. And the funny thing is, during the pandemic, when there was nothing to do, and yet they were giving us money, I woke up every morning and, and hiked about two miles. So I lost about thirty to forty pounds. Wow! In the minute, the minute the pandemic ended, they wanted us to go back to work. It all came back. But suddenly I was stressed out again looking for work because as a comic without a pa agent I gotta write the clubs every day so it didn't feel right to exercise when I had to find rent for the next month
1: yeah it's I mean I liked it when they were just giving us money i, I they, they can, can continue to do that don't you think
2: they should they're cutting unemployment here September 4th in California huh. and I'm just like uh you know I was like nobody's hiring me right now because they're all trying to make up the money they lost so they're hiring celebrities and charging double the price of the ticket. So if they're doing that, how do I explain that to the unemployment department? <laughs> like, we'll get a, get a job packing groceries. Yeah, is that going to cover my $2,000 rent and multiple sclerosis, medical bills? Yeah, come on. I, I need a little bit of help.
1: But no, don't and I, 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 people were like, oh, they, they shouldn't just give people money for doing nothing. I'm like, why? If you, any dollar you get, from the government, what are you? Are you putting that in the bank? You're spending every it dime. Into,
2: it goes into the economy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. What oh! say. Oh!
2: <laughs> Somebody should write a bit about that. <laughs> so this building is Sigourney Weaver's building from Ghostbusters behind me.
1: Oh wow! Just, yeah. Where is that? Upper, upper West.
2: Upper West Side on like 63rd or 66. I think it's 66. It's right when the 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 uh, the. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, it, it, it had a, had, well, he was good till he had a stroke. It was that street that goes through Central Park. It comes out. Oh right, right. Ghostbusters, buildings right there.
1: And you, you say that's one of your favorite movies of all time, Ghostbusters. Yeah,
2: I think that movie definitely changed my life. I knew what I wanted to do, but after Ghostbusters, it was like, okay, now I have no other choice. Like I saw that movie nine times in the theater. It changed my life. I thought like, Ghostbusters. I was like, this, is, this is a this is a funny giant comedy, and I was. T- blown away by it. I was blown away by it. It was supernatural. It was silly. It was really funny. It was smart. There were so many fucking great scenes.
1: You don't you know, I, was,
2: I, thought was, I thought it was one of the best movies ever made. I was. I really always
1: felt like Bill Murray made that movie though. Well, but, they
2: all did. Well, they, yeah, yeah, sure. But Dan Aykroyd, it was his idea. But also, Harold Ramis was very smart in that he took the movie and said we should start the. Harold Ramis was a genius. Like, the movie originally started with them on the moon. Did you know that?
1: Oh, and like the script you mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, the script started with them on the moon in the future, fighting ghosts on the moon.
1: Oh, God.
2: And then Harold Raymond said, well, why don't we start the movie with them, where they get kicked out of the university, and and then we begin the process with them. So now the audience is invested with uh, with the main characters. And that's okay. what takes something from a cult movie to a great movie. You know what I mean? Like, a cult movie... Okay, that's great. Like, you know, like you learn a cool movie it's like, oh, okay, they're on the moon. But a fucking real movie, like Groundhog, he did the same thing with Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day was supposed to start on day 6000. And Hal Ramis said, why don't we start it from day one? So we uh... become Bill Murray. So we become the Ghostbusters. So he was, so Hal Ramis should get a lot of credit too. But Bill Murray was just phenomenal in that movie. He was just fucking phenomenal. You yeah. know?
1: But you also said you thought that the female Ghostbusters was better than the original Ghostbusters. I, I never said that.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm against. I have nothing against women, but I, can they do their own thing?
1: That's yeah. Right. You do your own thing. People were real pissed about that. I mean, I thought the movie was eh, but I, people got mad about well, it. it, just,
2: it I, wouldn't, I didn't get mad, but I was just like, it's just not that good. I mean, I love the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls is a prime example of what woman can do. Head female writer, four fucking f- fantastic actresses. Yeah. That's prime example of that's not based on anything else. They came up with their own idea and knocked it out of the fucking park. And every episode is laugh out loud funny. Uh, so why take something out that men did and be like, well, now we we did it too. It's like <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, all right, yeah, that's that's cool. You know, but it's just they just did a little too much improv to me, and Ghostbusters was a well crafted script yeah. with great scenes. And uh and Bill Murray might have ad-libbed here and there, but he didn't ad lib scenes. Right, right. And if you look at if you look at the Ghostbusters remake, it's all it's it's a lot of it's ad-libbed. Like there's dancing, it's just like there's dancing scenes. It's like, what's happening here? <laughs> you know, like, the original movie was like boom, 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 boom. Funny scene, funny scene, funny scene, funny scene. And then it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna ad lib, we're gonna improv, we'll ad lib and improv. That's not that's a Judd Apatow we get making a movie, not not fucking Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's how I
1: find. It's so funny. Bill Murray is like he's more almost beloved as he gets older. Like he's oh, everyone loves him. Like I've always just, loved him.
2: Yeah, I, yeah I but I mean,
1: you know, I hear you. Yeah, and he gets in these Wes Anderson movies now. He has this new following and stuff. And yeah. It's like, but it's weird because uh, the last episode we had was Lisa Lampanelli was on. She did the roast of Chevy Chase, who everyone fucking hates. Like it's so funny. Him. Yeah, I just, I guess. As a person, I guess people don't like him. No, no, I understand that. Yeah. But I
2: think ninety percent of what he says, he's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because people don't want to hear that, I mean yeah, like when he said the N word, what he was saying was what he was saying was is like really you're making me racial racist all the time. Why don't I just say this? Being yeah. he's like saying just have me say that. Because being yeah. that man was in one of the best racial skits of all time, it was racial prior. On like the second episode third episode of Sound Live did that skit with the job interview, where he says he goes he says the Edward, he goes, and he goes, dead honky, you know? <laughs> yeah. That famous skit. Yeah. So Jimmy Chase was on the front lines of comedy when it all changed. And then so when he's saying that, just have me say that. He's saying, make your writing better. Yeah. Now, uh, yes, is that an asshole thing to say? Yes. But is he right? Yes.
1: <laughs> so when he's
2: telling, when he's saying uh, uh, you shouldn't have you shouldn't do this. Saturday Night Live is, is crap. Now he's right. Just it's just not a nice thing to say. But yeah, I, I actually like him a lot. You know.
1: I bet you must have wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. That, might, that was I my know. goal. Yeah,
2: I had a chance. I was with Barry Katz, and Barry Katz had Jay Moore, Tracy Morgan, and Jim Brewer on there all at the same time. So wow. I had a chance to be on it. Uh, they said, "Do you want to audition?" And I said, "I don't. I don't have anything prepared." I said, I'm not going to do my stand-up. I was like, I didn't have any uh, characters prepared. Right. But I can do characters. And I can, and I love doing skits. And I have all these skits I do on my friends. And I was like, uh, I, I mean, I'll wait, I'll wait. Little did I know that Barry Katz would lose all three members on the cast in his, on his roster. And uh, all, uh, and then they got Horatio Zance, And I'm like, no, one fat guy at a time. And <laughs> no, Horatio Zance, I mean, Horatio Zanz was... I'll be Chevy Chase for a second. Eh, you know he was, yeah. he was good, but he was not like Chris Farley good. Uh, he wasn't like John Belushi good. He just was okay. Yeah,
1: you know. yeah. They always had that one fat guy on the show. I, I, well, now it's the, there's a woman who's who's heavy yeah. on the show. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm
2: happy for all of them. But at times it does feel like you're watching a talent show from at summer camp. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I was hanging out with John Lovitz, believe it or not. When I was a kid, I had every episode on tape from. There was one season where John Lovitz, Nora Dunn, and Dennis Miller were there with Randy Quaid and John Cusack.
1: Oh, the bad season, yeah. Yeah,
2: and then they fired everybody but kept those three. So now from that first episode with Sigourney Weaver, where they did Aliens Is, is, (laughs) and Dana Carvey's first episode. So from that episode on till Chris Farley's last episode, no, until 1991 when I went to college, Uh, I had every episode on VHS. And I would watch them ad nauseum. I knew the show so well. So one of my favorite skits was Harvey Firestein, John Lovitz. He used to go, If I, if you were gay, I know you're not, but if you were, would you be back to the bee? So he goes, So that makes my, so one of my favorite skits was like, Well, that makes people uncomfortable. So I was talking about reincarnation. And I figured I'd like to come back as a bee. So then people would sit down and go, if, if, if you were, would you ever be attracted to a gay bee? <laughs> like, you know, that was his question. And so he's talking to uh, Lee Iacocca, Phil Hartman. Was Iacocca. He goes, would you ever be attracted to a gay bee? He goes, if you buy a Chrysler. And then he goes, uh, would you? He whispers in his ear. And he goes, oh, you'd have to buy a Ram brand for that. <laughs> I laughed my head off. It was so fucking funny. So then I got to meet John Oates and talk to him about the skit. And he goes, yeah. It was, that was back in the day when the skit had a beginning, middle, and end, and they were all strong. Yeah, and I was like, you're right. He's like, you're absolutely right. And now they don't have that. But I got to sit and watch that skit with John Lovitz on his phone, and we talked about And I knew the lines. He was amazed that I knew the lines. And If you told him, the 14-year-old me that I was going to one day sit with John Lovitz and watch that skit with him, he would have been blown away. Yeah. yeah. But you get so jaded after being in stand-up and acting for so long that it's like, you know, who cares? But... A fourteen-year-old me would have shit himself.
1: Yo, that if cast.
2: He watch that with John Lewis.
1: Yeah, that cast, especially like the early '90s. They, I mean, it was like a murderer's row. I mean, yeah, you, you kind of put that up to almost the original cast, really. You got, I Dana, agree. You know, Dana Carvey and Dana Harvey,
2: Jan Hooks, Michael yeah. Myers, Phil Hartman. I mean, it was boom, 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 and every episode was there was like five or six kids every episode that were laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And now there's like what David Pumpkins. <laughs> and really, what is that skit? What, what is that skit? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So it's like, when they have a skit that kills, it's all over the internet because people are amazed. But, um, like, yeah. I like the Michael Keaton Easter skit. That was funny with Easter eggs. I coughed oh, yeah. this up whole this morning with Pete. Like, it's so <laughs> stupid. You know, it, like, that. They, they do some good stuff. Yeah. Kate McKinton is a fucking genius, you know, and uh, she would have fit in that cast really well back then.
1: You know, I saw. I, I took some UCB classes years ago.
2: Yeah, I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, but well, I did the sketch writing one, which was actually kind of fun.
2: You know, I was being a dick.
1: Yeah, yeah, but they, but yeah, there was a lot of awful because they're kind of douchey over there. But, um, yeah. but they would make you watch sketches from the the teams and stuff. Yeah, and, and I would watch the sketches, and there was this one woman. She just was like so much better than everyone else. I'm like, well, yeah. who the fuck is this woman? She's like. And it was Kate McKinnon. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this, yeah. she has to be on Saturday Night Live. And then I'm like, and, and she's like super hot, too.
2: Yeah, she was super so hot, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to go talk to her. now that gets is lesbian. I'm like, really?
2: It's a shame. God. Not that we had a chance anyway. <laughs> but now it's even hard to jerk off to her because, you know, she's even with Leslie Jones. It's like a, you know what I mean? I hope they do race play and they fight, you know. I hope Leslie like throws her over and spanks her. Like, yeah, that's what I hope.
1: But that was just the one time where I saw, like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's horrible. Someone would blew the doors of everyone else in the sketches, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, you just knew, like, this,
2: yeah. this girl's going to be famous. That's why I want I want to do SNL, because I felt like when I did sketches with my friends, it was really obvious that I could do it. And so when the chance came up to audition, I should have taken it. But I didn't have any characters ready.
1: You were making viral. You were making videos before people were making videos. Yeah,
2: I have. Yeah, we have. um, Before YouTube, when YouTube came around in 2005, we had 100 skits already on VHS, and we uploaded them all in like one day. We got featured on on like the first year of YouTube. We got featured, and so we got like two two or three thousand subscribers like in one day, and then they stopped featuring people, and we just kind of died a slow old white man death, you know. (laughs) I remember I went to um, Comedy Central, and they said, we love these skits. I said, thank you. They said, what's your angle? And I said, funny. <laughs> I said, no, you need an angle. Said, what do you mean? So shows for black people is a black point of view. Mind them and see is the Mexican point of view. Blue Collar Comedy is the blue collar point of view. What's your point of view? I go, funny. <laughs> you know, that's what always bothered me by the whitest kids you know. None of the skits are about being white. Yeah. So yeah. they just titled it "Whitest Kids You Know" when they got they got made. So True TV also said to me that we can't give a show to another another four white guys in their mid forties because they had impractical Jokers, so they couldn't do another one. Then they gave the show to four white magicians in their mid forties. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you don't like fat guys? Just say you don't like fat <laughs> guys. Anyway. Well, hey, is, this, I... is this bitter enough? We should talk about something
1: fun. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, so how's stand up going these days? <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> we'll move on, we'll move on. <laughs> it's
2: awful, it sucks.
1: Well, yeah, no, you. I'm gonna pay a compliment though. How you want to compliment? Sure. So I was talking about this to someone else, so like you were hilarious com I mean, when Thank people you. see you on stage, it's like next level stuff and it's Thank you know, and, and it's hard and people can't follow you. You know what I mean? And that so that's it, it,
2: the bigger guys can, I guess, you know.
1: Yeah, but I, I I the people I see have a tough time with it. And, you know, and I think you you, you know all around just a great comic, but I also think there's something about you that I notice with certain people who are just amazing comics is kind of, you kind of just talk in punchlines. Like everything you say sounds funny.
2: Well that that's I I think that that's what people forget. And I want I learned that from Carlin. Yeah. Not that I did it purposely, but I think there was a point where I realized that you have da 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 punchline. Yeah. Why not make da 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 a punchline as well? So you have punchline, <laughs> punchline, 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 punchline. Why not make the process of getting to the punchline funny as well? And Carlin would do that. Carlin would have laughs on the way to the laugh. Yeah, yeah. And I like that a lot. And it helps with the punchline when they've already laughed five times before it. <laughs> so I do like that. Jay Leno said something really smart. I know a lot of people hate Jay Leno, but he said something really smart. So comedy, stand-up comedy is half personality and half jokes. So when your jokes fail, your personality carries you over. When your personality fails, your jokes carry over. And I think that's a really good point. And that's how to, that's how you develop your personality on stage and find jokes along the way to the joke, you know?
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. But also it doesn't seem like when you're on stage, I know you are working hard, but I think when we were talking about this before, like, it doesn't seem like you're putting much effort into it. It seems very, when, I get, off,
2: when I get off stage, I collapse. <laughs> I know. Especially when I do two 45 minute sets on a Friday and in, in fucking El Paso or Wichita, I collapse. Yeah. When I get my shoes off and pants off in the hotel room, <laughs> I collapse. Yeah. I collapse. It's exhausting as fuck to pretend to be happy is to, to, to pretend to be happy is exhausting every day for 25 years. It's hard.
1: But you you've got to still enjoy stand up. I'm sorry.
2: I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying um, any other job, you can fake it. You know, my father didn't like to go to work every day, but he did. You know, some days, I'm sure he hated being real. But he didn't have to fucking be funny. Being funny when you don't want to be funny is exhausting. And being funny for 45 minutes when you don't want to be funny twice is <laughs> exhausting, I think. Sometimes, it's like you know, it's like your dad dies, your dog dies, you got dumped. You got to do a car. You still got to be funny. Yeah, it's exhausting. You get I off an airplane and and you're fucking the, the club's treating you like shit. You got to be funny. What's really good is to be famous. That's great. If you're famous, <laughs> then you can just do anything, and they don't care.
1: Yeah, and not only that, the audience will come with you on anything. You
2: know. Yeah, they'll sell on your rings, and you can tank, and they'll have your back. <laughs> It, what's weird is when you kill, you kill all weekend, and they won't have you back because you didn't sell enough on your rings and that that stings. Like I just got a letter from a club: like you were great, but we didn't; your ticket sales weren't high. Like, well, do you remember that there was a tornado? <laughs> but you forgot that there was. I remember that you forgot that was. You didn't write down on the on the form tornado. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, fine. So that's what's hard about the job: is the other stuff, like the comedy. It's fun. If you're famous, uh, and you have a PA agent. And he's doing the booking, and you know, all you got to do is get on an airplane and get there. That sounds like I could pull that off.
1: It's probably you know, like,
2: like Sam morrell has got a mate. He's famous. So he just goes and does his shit and leaves. That's great. Uh, I have to contact these people and beg for work. It's kind of exhausting.
1: Yeah, and that shouldn't be the case. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you know,
2: but I, I, yeah, a PA agent wanted to work with me, and he sent me his res. He sent me his roster. It was all guys from TV shows in the '80s, and I was like, uh, like Todd Bridges.
1: (laughs) No, he's not.
2: I'm I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I was like, you want me to be on a roster with Todd Bridges? I was like, I so I called some clubs and go, how would that make me look? And they said bad, so I didn't do it. So I'm back to booking myself. Sucks. Anyway, can we talk about some fun?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Well, it's Todd Bridges is still alive. That's that's impressive.
2: That's impressive. But what, uh, did, what did he do? He was, a, he was two years old on a show, and then he robbed the convenience store. <laughs> now he's, now my name is going to be next to his for in the entertainer. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, but they all died on that show. Everyone died on that show. That show Dana was Dana Plano's
2: dead? Dana Plano's dead. Yeah. Now the redhead's still alive.
1: Oh, the little kid, yeah. And Gary Coleman. Yeah.
2: Gary Coleman was like, I like Gary Coleman. I liked him a lot. Uh, a funny story about Gary Coleman. My friend was in a movie with him. Remember when he was a security guard? Yeah, yeah. In real life?
1: Yeah, they made fun of that on um, The Simpsons, I think.
2: Yeah. But he was famous because he jumped on the hood of the car. He took his job so seriously, willing yeah. people leave. It's how, how seriously he took his job. So while they were shooting in front of a building, they had a craft service table with all the food on it. And people were walking by, taking the craft service. And and he wouldn't let them do it. He wasn't working. He was an actor. <laughs> But the security guard him still made him go. Hey, he, you know, you're on the movie. You can't eat that. Like the security guard him still fucking did his job, which I think is great.
1: I liked it Did you ever like that show? It was show? Show. Yeah, I used to
2: watch it all the whole time.
1: What's he your favorite? Great. Do you still watch? Because I know you I I don't know out there you have like antenna TV or stuff like. You ever see those things where they have these old?
2: Oh, on my DVR right now. I'll tell you what's on my DVR, and you're gonna feel so bad for me. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I gotta exit this first. I have to fucking escape. Escape, <laughs> DVR, uh, the Odd Couple.
1: Ah, uh, that's the whole time classic.
2: Frazier the Jack Benny program, King of Queens, The Office, Car Fifty Four, Where Are You? Everybody loves Raymond. Cheers, Taxi, Barney Miller, The Simpsons, Honeymooners, Seinfeld, Three Stooges, Sanford and Son, <laughs> Carl Burnett Show. That's my fucking DVR.
1: Well, you named like the 15 funniest shows of all time, basically. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, you're an Office fan too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I actually got Peacock, which I'm probably one of the three people who got it. But they yeah. have the, they have all these deleted scenes from the original episodes, and they just add them to the episodes.
2: Really? You,
1: and you think they would suck? You're like, oh, this is why they got cut out. No, they're fucking hilarious. I'm they, just, sure they, they, are, yeah. they just only had 22 minutes to get these shows done. And wow. Yeah, it's like that kind of. That's like, great. Right.
2: Well, Steve Crow's a goddamn genius. You know, I, we were friends. Were you really? Before he was, because when he was on the Daily Show, he was so funny on the Daily Show. So when I moved to L.A., he moved to L.A., and we happened to live near each other. And I'd see him all the time at the Ralphs or the supermarket or the, the greeting card store or wherever. I'd I'm like, hey, man, and then and like we started talking. I was like, you, I was like, what I like about you is that you fucking work. So it's not just funny; it's hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. I see. I see the method. He goes, you can see that. I go, yeah. He's like, you do that too. I was like, oh, I try to. So we would talk. And then he did come to Papa, the Tom Papa sitcom. Yeah. So I'm visiting the set because I know Tom. And Steve Carell, I see him working on a scene while they're shooting another scene. He's working on a scene. He's working on the movements. And then I, and then he, he he comes up. He sees me. And he comes up. And I was like, see so you Working on the scene. Working on every move and trying to find a joke for every line. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get a laugh for every line and so and then he became famous and never saw him again but, <laughs> but did you know that that's what got him the office was when he played the boss on tom papa show got him in the office so they they poached him for the office while he was on Tom papa show
1: oh canceled really show. yeah yeah uh, well he. i guess he's lucky that the papa show got canceled right because
2: well, it got canceled because he got taken taken off of it
1: oh i see i yeah. got you so tom
2: yeah. papa is the reason we have the office
1: yeah, I can't believe they even let him leave the office. That, that never made any sense to me. Never.
2: Uh, I mean, he was making movies, making all those movies. That No, but I read something
1: moves. recently they said that he would have stayed. They just never made him an offer, which was like insane. He, well, he
2: wanted more money, yeah.
1: Yeah, but they should have given him anything. I mean, you know.
2: I think they should have too, you know, because that last season is painful. They like, they like to blame James Spader. I don't think it was James Spader's fault. I think it was that British woman. She was annoying as fuck.
1: <laughs> James Spader's kids, funny on that show.
2: Yeah, you know, James Spader was great. And the, the British woman was annoying. And the fact that they made the annoying, the character who was meant to be annoying, Ed Helms' character, Andy, he's meant to be annoying. And you yeah. made him the lead? <laughs> so suddenly the most annoying character is the lead? Yeah. yeah. Think, think what you're doing. <laughs> because, it was, because he was in a hangover, they made him the lead. But he's annoying. That was the whole idea of the characters. He was annoying. Uh, So now we're all annoyed watching the show. (laughs) It's not James Spader's fault.
1: Yeah, and when Farrell was in a couple episodes, I thought he was pretty good, too. I
2: thought thought it was great. And I love James Spader. The fact that he made no sense and was (laughs) weird, I thought it was great. That's what happens in these office atmospheres. You You have a guy you're afraid of who's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean oh, funny with like spader all of a sudden like when, years ago he was like the serious actor and then everyone realized how hilarious he was
2: he did that he was funny in Lincoln I think it was Lincoln because he was funny in Lincoln
1: was he really he, like,
2: he was in Lincoln the the Steven Spielberg movie and he was really funny in it like he did he was like a drinker and he was a little out of shape and he, he had to run to get the he had to run and get to like the proclamation the Proclamation somewhere <laughs> he was like just running very funny and, like he, he was being funny funny and so yeah I think he's great but he was like a serious actor and then he played bad guys for a while with Wolf with Jack Nicholson oh yeah yeah Yeah, and then he was uh and then he did those fucking star those Stargate movies and then all of a sudden he was funny I think he's great
1: yeah because pretty much all those actors from the 80s those Brat Pack or whatever it was called Brat Pack was it they Rat all pack. yeah they all disappeared I don't think
2: though. he was in that though I don't think he was a member of that
1: he wasn't um uh, but it kind of that was so. his time, wasn't it? That
2: same almost well, he was that same age, but I don't think he was part of that. It was Andrew. I thought he McCarthy. was in a John.
1: Wasn't he in a John Hughes movie, or am I wrong?
2: I don't think so. You're thinking of Andrew McCarthy.
1: No, I think he was in. Wasn't he in Pretty in Pink? Or not, maybe I'm thinking the wrong movie. He have oh, had
2: yeah. a small line, but I think it was Andrew McCarthy.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. There's <laughs> that great
2: line in the you ever see Psych? I love Psych, where he goes. The uh, the uh, uh, James Roone is talking to somebody. He goes, I get it. It's Pretty in Pink. You're Andrew McCarthy. And he goes, Who's Andrew McCarthy? He goes, That's fair. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great line.
1: But that's an underrated show, right there. By the way, I think so too. Psych, yeah.
2: I got to work with him, and it was so much fun. And he does this thing on Psych where if a line he doesn't think is funny, he'll just say it again louder. He'll say it There was a line in the show we were doing. Where he goes, "I'll bring a neckerchief." And he goes, "Neckerchief." <laughs> so he does that on Psych all the time. So to make me laugh, he did that, and he broke me. He was and I started laughing. <laughs> you can see his smile. He sees he smiled like he got me. Like I really enjoy. I like James Rode a lot. You know.
1: Yeah. When I watch the show, I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be huge. And uh, yeah. I guess he's had a good career, but I, mean, I don't got- know
2: how he did what he did. How he went on a show and talked them into letting him be in charge of it. Yeah. Like he really came on and said, I think the character should not be a ladies' man. I think the character should be 80s oriented. I think the character should be interested in food. And should be scared of ghosts. <laughs> like, like he changed the character, and every time I get on a show, they don't want to hear what I have to say. But how did he pull that off?
1: But you've ad libbed before. You've told me that you have. Yeah, no, yeah. I
2: have. But I, my point is that I think Steve Franks, the producer of Psych, was a really smart guy. Yeah. That he was like, oh, this guy's funny. And I'm going to work with him. Whereas a lot of producers are like separate camps: actors, writers, separate camps. But right. so Steve Franks was like. He would get together with James and write scripts together, and and I think that's very rare.
1: I think that's a shame too, because like someone like you, who's a stand-up comic, you know what is funny, so they should, uh, yeah, you should, yeah, they should go I had
2: to lunch, I had lunch today with a guy who did a pilot in two thousand and three with me and Tom Everett Scott and AJ Langer and Khalil Rocha from one of those Disney shows. So we were the four cast members, and there's a line where my wife is cutting my hair, and she goes ah, and I go what? She goes, ear hair. She goes, And I go, what? She goes, ear hair. See, you got so much you can't even hear me. So I added the line. I wish I had eye hair. Maybe,
1: <laughs>
2: and because I was thinking Sanford and Son, that would be like a fucked up thing to say back. Yeah. And the writers kept it in. Like, I ad-libbed on the set, and they changed their line to make it mine. And when I got on Stack, that Pam Anderson show, if I did that, I would have got yelled at. Really? Yeah, so it all depends on the producer. So I think James Roday just had Steve Franks, just a really cool guy who was not threatened. You know,
1: He wasn't a comic, that guy, right, was he?
2: I don't know, but I, yeah. I've seen him in interviews, and he just seems like a really cool, approachable guy. Uh, and I think that that's what it takes to man a ship, is to take advice from your fucking employees and, and to work together, to steer the ship together and make it good together. Problem is that there's so many unfunny people that I think that dealing with those unfunny people before ruined it, ruined it for when you get somebody good, you know, like, it's like, I've heard this shit before. Yeah. But that guy was an idiot. I'm actually funny. You know, (laughs) that's what I think. Yeah. But whatever. Either way, can I borrow $500? Well,
1: how's your, you're doing a Patreon though. You can plug that.
2: Yeah, no, but I, a lot of people are bailing. I, I started right at the, right when the pandemic started in March. I started Patreon that, that week, and uh, and then about six months later, every comic in the world had a Patreon. So yeah. I think, plus you got Peacock, you got HBO Max, you got Netflix, you got Hulu, you got Amazon Prime. Who's I got who the fuck is going to pay for my my subscriptions service when you got five of those already? Disney Plus. You know, what I mean, like, who's gonna be like, you gonna watch Avengers over fucking Brian interviewed interviewing Kevin Kevin Farley? You know?
1: Well, you'd be surprised though, because I, I, you know, people pay for Twitch. You know, Twitch. Twitch.
2: I'd be surprised, but I'm not because they. <laughs> I have like a, I have a certain amount of five. I make like I don't make a lot of money from it. You know, some guys make thousands and thousands of dollars. Also, I'm not willing to do what other people do, and that's spread hate. Yeah, I don't want to spread hate. I don't want to just. Put on a video and talk shit about somebody. I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, you could make a lot of money going to the dark side right
2: now. And I, yeah, and I don't, I do not want to do that. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's not what the way I grew up, and it's not who I am. And I'd rather people say nice things at my funeral. Yeah, you know,
1: instead of like, cheers
2: are, up- cheers are they won't even fucking come. But <laughs> will post something on Facebook. Brian's it was funny. Borrowed a lot of money. Uh, but they'll, they'll say will say something nice like that. Yeah. Every ex-girlfriend come out. He yelled at me once. Well, what'd you do to him first? <laughs> That's what I love about Dave Chappelle. It's like when, when he always goes, Well, what did she say? You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll wrap this up soon. But like uh the one thing I could say you're talking about Corel like being a perfectionist and yeah. working hard. I've seen you as a stand up be like that. And that yeah. you don't see it as a lot of comics. Like I'll see you on stage, you. destroy. Like at least to me, it's destroy. And then you yeah. get off on stage and you're like, I didn't like this, 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 and this. And I'm like,
2: Well, I want an a, the idea is you want an A plus. Yeah. Like, I don't. I'm not famous, so I gotta have an A plus if I'm gonna come back. And if they, well, I hate when they go on the road and they give me a guest spot. They get a, it's like MC feature guest spot, then me. I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's like uh, now you've made the feature the fucking headliner. You know. Yeah. It's always kind of like it's like I want an A plus, and that personality trait bothers some people. Which uh so as much as you like it and I like it, there's people who hate it.
1: No, because I need
2: be shut up and enjoy myself. I
1: see too many comics just walking off stage after a mediocre set and be like, I killed. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you hear what was going on there? Like,
2: yeah. I like I like it when the audience can't remember a joke. They can't like when I used to see Carlin perform at the Westbury Music Fair. We'd get in the car and we couldn't remember anything because we laughed so much. Yeah. If you can remember a joke, that means that means the show wasn't that funny.
1: That's a really good point because, like, I've yeah. had after shows where people come up to me and go, "I like that joke you did," and I almost think it's like an insult. I'm like, "Oh, just yeah. that, just that one, just that joke." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know they try to be, yeah. you know, that's why I don't like. You ever like not want to talk to people after shows because they always say things and they want to be say things, yeah. And then, it, so somehow, it's
2: always a bad thing for me. It's always a bad thing. <laughs> fat. And I'm like Jesus Christ. That was in the first ten minutes.
1: <laughs> but
2: you're you're a great comic. I mean, you have so many good jokes, you know, and you're so uh, likable on you know, stage. It's you're fantastic, you know. Okay. If you uh, didn't mind working for free, mean, meaning like you know, you pay for your own flight and hotel, yeah, and return in the hole. I would use you on the road, you know.
1: Yeah, I would do it for for the experience.
2: You return, return in the hole. <laughs> serious you return negative money
1: oh turn i thought that was something sexual No, i mean like uh, you,
2: it's like 300 400 a flight and already you made you're making nothing because you're breaking even and then no i've, l- the I've money.
1: lost money on gigs before that's yeah you know, but you know after a while you're like you don't want to do it as much but sometimes you have to do it because you have to you know you don't have experience, to
2: do shit. i guess new york is where new york's all that matters just have fun in new york
1: yeah, well, that's what—that's what I always hated. Where the people like would always go, "Oh, you have to go to this comedy festival in Nebraska so you can get seen." I'm like, "Well, I live in New York, yeah. So if, if I'm not getting seen here, then I don't know how the hell am I going to get seen in Nebraska?" In Nebraska, yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, I agree, and I think I think it's all bullshit now, and it's changing so much. People, would, uh, the past ten years, people would ask me for advice, say, "I want to get on the road, or, I want to get on the road," and I would say, "Don't worry about the road, get on TV,
1: yeah. get
2: on TV, get on TV, get on TV." Get on TV. Now that doesn't even matter. No, I have a popular podcast so I can have a have two thousand, have five hundred thousand Instagram followers. That's all that matters. I'm losing weekends to people who have five hundred thousand Instagram followers, haven't been on TV once. You know, that's that's how it is now.
1: Yeah, I so, kind of, I feel like the podcast actually those are the f- most loyal fans. You get a fan yeah. base. Of, I, it's a little dirt-
2: not, scary though. It's a little cultish and scary. Oh yeah. Because if you go on that podcast and they don't like you, suddenly you have 500,000 people who hate you. <laughs> you know? I made the mistake of doing Robert Kelly's podcast once. His fans still are mad at me. Because I did not insult everybody. You know,
1: oh, like, oh you, didn't, you didn't insult everyone?
2: No, that's not what I do. And that's yeah. what his show, you know, his show's all about that. And I didn't do it. And they're like, who the fuck was this guy? They don't like new people, <laughs> you know? Like, who's this guy? They would talk about me shaking my arm so the camera was shaking. That fat fuck is shaking the camera. Like, holy shit i went on here to prom- promote myself not to fucking ruin myself
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind yeah. of scary on some of those but anyway all right i'll let you go uh thank you was, yeah this was a great interview uh i
2: have fun and you're great Eric, And thanks so. for always being so cool and yeah. you're great on my, my patreon you're great on my patreon you're really yeah, and, I, and
1: i know i know you don't like talking stand-up but i don't know i feel like you have so many great stories and
2: i don't know i, I liked, like i like talking stand-up but it, it it tends to get into a negative area because it's such a shitty business.
1: Yeah. But
2: there are, I have wonderful memories that I like talking about, but people don't break. They don't, that doesn't come up so much. They want to talk about current and like, how do you make it? And, and like, if I knew that, I'd fucking have money.
1: Yeah. But I, I just feel like when I've seen it, like a brand new comic watches you on stage, like it's almost like daunting. Like they look at you and they're like, I, you could see in their face, like, I don't know how I could ever get this good. Like,
2: that's good. Father, good. Don't do it and get a job and get married and have a good life. I have a children and a wife and live a good life. Yeah. Have a steady paycheck and health insurance. Good for you.
1: <laughs> you might have gotten some people to quit. That might have been. That's. Well, I that's... hope
2: so. Yeah. I, I really helped them out. Yeah. Because this job. The fact Chevy Chase even said it, you're only as good as your last movie. You're only as good as like, you know, I, I did. I was a regular on two network sitcoms. Nobody gives a shit anymore. You know what I mean? I just did a Conan Conan a few years ago. Nobody, uh, uh, I might as well be dead.
1: <laughs> Conan's you know not mean? even on anymore. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. You know. So it's like it's a, if you did you do something yesterday? Yeah. That's all they want to know. Do you have some? It's better to have something coming up than to have done something. <laughs> I'm I'm doing Ferguson. i Ferguson i'm doing colbert is better than saying i did colbert
1: yeah it's true yeah Yeah. i know it's just it's kind of it's it's weird and and then when you're disheartening yeah but you know i also feel like the positive thing is there are different avenues now to to do well as a comedian you know it's just not it's changing so rapidly but there are a lot of different ways it's just you got to find them you know what i mean
2: who watches your podcast comedians or, or civilians
1: uh, you know, we have some civilians. For some reason, they have a big following in like fucking Thailand or something. I don't know Thailand. why. <laughs> some That's young strange. Yeah. It's weird because we look at the numbers and it's like weird countries. I'm like, is this a mistake? But I wonder
2: why. Maybe you look, you don't really look Asian.
1: No, no, but now I'm feeling like one day I got to go to Bangkok and see what happens there. So yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I don't know what will happen. But you got. but you, you, you guys get, and you kind of wonder in some of these places. You said you have fans from England. You're like, yeah, you, as an American, you feel well, like, why would an American watch this? But then you think about all the people in the world. They might find what you're doing, like, super interesting, you know? Who
2: you knows? I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they're just, like, trying to learn English.
1: <laughs> might be, yeah. I'll take that.
2: Yeah. You know? yeah. You have to have, the key is you have to have hot women on the show. That's the key. Yeah,
1: that is the key. Or you talk about overthrowing the Capitol and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah
2: that's crazy. That's so uh, crazy. That. Let's not get into that. <laughs>
1: Um all right, well, it was great talking to you. Hey Thanks again. Awesome That's comic. Fun. Go see him, go check out his uh podcast uh and his Patreon and uh... Yeah,
2: join my Patreon for like a month, watch Ooh. all the shit and then quit. Just fucking do that. You don't got to do pay 5000 a month for the rest of your life.
1: He Just got join for a
2: while. Great... A lot of good interviews on it.
1: Yeah, and great a few sketches. You
2: talked to David Tell. I talked to David Tell for an hour.
1: Really? Not a lot of
2: people have done that.
1: I don't think he does interviews really. Yeah,
2: but he did mine. We have a yeah. great conversation about, about about movies and TV and what stuff that he likes. Nobody ever talks to him about what movies he likes. Yeah. That was great. I had such a great time. I learned so much about him.
1: You had Metzger you know, on I, too.
2: That interview sitting there waiting for people to watch it. You know.
1: Yeah, you have to watch. Like, this is he's like the JD Salinger of comedians. I don't know if that's a, yeah,
2: exactly. a, a yeah. appropriate. Make that yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you don't get a lot of interviews. Yeah, you, know, you should check in that one. So.
2: Yeah. Thank you, buddy. We'll yeah. see. you.
1: Great, Brian Solorio.
2: You, can go, to How, you can go to Amazon and buy "How to Punch a Monkey." A great book. How to Punch a Monkey on Amazon. Please. Yeah. It's fucking cheap. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Take care.
1: All right. Later, man.
2: I'm gonna go take a shit.
1: Okay. Bye.